Paul, come on up. Let's give Paul a clap, shall we? He's going to come and talk to us. So as I said, Paul's the chaplain here. Um, at the Academy. Let's just pray for him, shall we? We pray. We thank you, God, for Paul. We thank you, Father, for his place here in this school. And we thank you, God, for everything that he gives. And I pray, Father, that you will bless him and that the things that he speaks about will be directly to our own hearts, Father. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, Big Church Day Out. There's a cheeky little notice. Becca Miss there, some small event that she might be involved in going on in May, information available. Yes, yeah, sometimes we have staff coming to bring their prayers as well, which is always very exciting and moving. But we have one staff member who's very cross this year. For the last four years, she's brought the same prayer and she's placed it up there. She's had her quiet moment. She's gone away. She's an Aston Villa fan and she's brought her prayer. Dear God, please, will you help Aston Villa stay in the Premier League? And for the last four years, they've stayed up. But she's crossed with me because prayer week is too late for Aston Villa this year. So I said, you've got to come with another prayer. Uh, Who knows what it will be. It's so good to be here this morning. We're going to be using the book of Ephesians to look at how the armour of God can help us with this incredible word, persevere or perseverance. And up there it is. I don't know if you saw the start of the marathon this morning. There's a guy running with a 10 foot dinosaur costume uh, made out of wood. They've given him 10 hours to complete it. That's the task. That's perseverance. Uh, Last year he tried, but the tail fell off. It's an eight-foot tail, and it fell off, so he didn't complete it. He he said, no, I've got to complete it in the costume. So he had to get a transit van to take it home. Uh, And I don't know about you, but when it comes to perseverance and marathons or things that we have to put a lot of time and a lot of energy into, these are the kind of the words that are shouted out or we kind of hang on to. Persist. Continue. Carry on. Go on. Keep on. Keep going. Don't give up, struggle on, hammer away, be persistent, be determined. And so it reads, a bit more informal, soldier horn, hang on, plug away, peg away, stick at it, hang on in there and bash on. So this morning we're looking at in our lives, in our journeys that we're on, in the things that we are going through as an individual or in our workplace or in our family situations or in life where we have to think we're supposed to persevere or do we give up? We're going to look at uh, the armour that God gives us to help us. I remember as a dad, one of the greatest privileges is to help your child cycle a bicycle. So the stabilisers are good because you don't have to do much other than hold the front of the bike to make sure your child steers in the right direction. But when they say, can we take the stabilisers off, there's a lot of backache required as you're kind of holding the saddle of this little bike. And at the end of our road, Whiteley Road, it's a bit empty. It's not that big, but it's big enough to hold the back of the saddle and with backache, kind of um, hold on and she feels, and you haven't let go of your daddy and you kind of tell a little white lie, don't you? You No, no, no. You've let go, daddy, wobble, wobble, crash. And on and on hour after hour at the end of the road with a few knees busted up and a, and a bit of trust rebuilt and lost and rebuilt and lost. And my last daughter promise was the one I had the most memorable moment because it took a while of perseverance for her and for me uh, to get this thing going. And, and we'd run out of space at the top of the road. So she said, Daddy, can we go down the seafront and can we go on the prom? I thought, perfect, nice straight bit. She can do straight. We haven't done braking or turning, but we're just trying to get the straight on your own. So down we went to the prom, bit of a windy day. We're all wrapped up, headwind, and here I am holding the saddle, telling her I've not let go when I have let go a bit, and then she clocks on, and then then the headwind is, it's a bit of a battle. And we get to the cafe, the East Beach Cafe, and we turn around, and I'm holding the saddle, and I let go, and off she goes. Wind-assisted promise in a straight line, cycling properly for the first time. It was wonderful to watch until I realised the wind assistance was taking her out of sight. 
And I'm there with my coat, so I'm a jumper, and I'm looking at Heather, I'm thinking, I think I better try and catch up. But literally, with a busy prom on a windy spring day, I couldn't see where she'd gone. And most of you, if you know Little Hampton, the prom kind of ends with a fence and then a River Arran. And I haven't taught her breaking and I haven't taught her turning. And so my worst case scenario was appearing, the chaplain of the academy running in his coat, his daughter splatted somewhere with a crowd gathering around saying, where's your mum? Where's your dad? What kind of parents do you have? And, and I ran and sweating and re- removing clothing as I tried to, where's promise? Where's promise? And I got to the fence expecting to see a pink bike impaled and, and a blonde girl floating away as the tide was going out fortunately it wasn't but like where are you I thought the car I wonder if so I'm running running to the car and there's promise kind of sitting there on the edge saying oh where have you been dad where have you been an incredible moment of fear and worry with that wind behind her uh, and she persisted and persevered and she's a great great cyclist now so we watched the marathon we saw those people going for it We're going to read now, Anna's going to come and read for us, and if you want to get your Bibles out or your phones out that's got it on it, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. And we'll go through and look at these tools that we've given, these thoughts that we've got to equip us to deal with the challenges that life throws us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand stand firm then when with the belt of trust buckled round your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place stand and with your feet fitted with the right readiness and that that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Thank you, Anna. Round of applause for my daughter. Read very well there, I thought. A calm sea never made a great sailor. A calm sea never made a great sailor. And um, no great chef ever didn't break an egg. And all those sayings that go with the fact that sometimes in life it takes those challenges, it takes the tough stuff to actually make us and shape us. So this morning is not about, oh, everything's going to be wonderful. You know, in your presence all my problems disappear. Do you remember that song? Always struggle to sing that line. I can understand the writer of that song, kind of well, when we're in with God and everything is, is gone, uh, but then we turn up at work on Monday and some of those problems are actually, they're still there, God's, but I thought they all disappeared. No, the reality is life is full of stuff, stuff that comes at us from various different directions. And the Bible obviously here is talking about satanic and demonic, but also there's the reality of life and the mistakes that we made and the consequence of those as well. So when, the, when Paul was telling this story in Ephesians, he's looking at around, there are soldiers walking about, giving it the large one. We're the boss, we're in charge. So he uses these people and what they're wearing as visual uh, the descriptions of, of what's going on. 
we're not expected to go out today and you know, buy some full body armour and a nice big army helmet and a Kalashnikov and be ready for the present day armour to fight. This is a, a, a very visual description of what we can take on board. So we're going to go through them one by one and I want us individually to see which aspect in my life will this help me to persevere a bit more through the challenges that I face, that we face. The first is the belt of truth. If you've flown recently, you know that embarrassing moment that it comes now as you go through uh, the security. In the old days, it wasn't a lot that you had to take off. Maybe you don't even have to take your coat off. Uh, but now, it's pretty much a strip search that's going on publicly. And you see men going through you know, the security thing, holding up their trousers, because they're so worried that their belt has been taken from them and that their trousers might fall down and be very embarrassing. And the belt of truth is us speaking truth about what we see. How, when was the last time we lied? When was the last time we deceived someone? When was the last time we didn't tell the whole truth? All of us go on this journey and we're encouraged to put on a belt of truth, to live a life of truth, which is very difficult. And what that does, that starts to speak against the lies that are there. If we speak truth over people, it starts to beat up the lies that are there as well. What truths haven't we said to the person to our left and our right today? Truths of I love you, truths of I believe in you, truths that you mean so much to me. They're truths. They're truths that in the business of life we often forget to say. And when we hear those words, we persevere through some of the tough stuff if we know there are people alongside us speaking truths over our lives. I wonder if there's someone we need to speak a truth of and over this morning. The breastplate of righteousness appears. A big, chunky piece of armour that protected the vital organs, the heart and the lungs. And for me, this stands up for the justice in this world. We've just heard about the incredible work going on in Malawi. Uh, maybe you know Fair Trade Week fortnight is coming soon and we go shopping and we see a Fair Trade banana. It's a little bit more expensive than a non-Fair Trade banana. What do we choose? What does our economy allow us to do? Do we stop and think, wow, that banana has got something justice flowing through it. It's got something of the righteousness flowing through it. There's something holy about that banana. There's something very special. Or insert the word um, cotton for a t-shirt, or fair trade chocolate. We know that nothing, no child has climbed a tree or gone down a mine or has been forced to pick it. And there's a justice thing here. In, in Ephesus, where this was written, the silversmiths were up in arms because people started getting into Jesus. And instead of buying all these little trophies um, and for, for the temple that was there to Artemis, and they were made out of silver and you kind of had to have one because you're in town, the silversmiths were up in arms with this guy. He was preaching, people were finding Jesus, and they were stopping buying these things that symbolise this incredible temple, uh, one of the wonders of the world. We can, and we have every right, to make decisions with our wallets that change change situations you know when dairy milk came out with a, a fair trade chocolate bar lots of people were happy who struggled because of fair trade so our choices that we make our attitudes that we make can make a real difference and can help us as we persevere persevere with life the shoes of peace blessed are the peacemakers I don't know if you were here when Shane Claybaugh came uh, Shane came and told some stories about his life and work in Philadelphia uh, he put up an image of a lady uh, with a hammer in her hand uh, over an anvil and on that anvil was a hot Melton gun and as I sat there watching it I was just weeping and weeping and I looked around and I saw many of us were too that lady had her son shot uh, like the many killings that take place across America day in day out and as she smashed that gun it was her journey of forgiveness it was her journey of coming to terms with the pain that she was in it was her journey of embracing 
peace. It was a very special moment in this place a few weeks ago. And Shane told us very clearly that he's on a journey of helping people love their enemies just as Jesus taught us to do so. Forgive our enemies. If they slap us, offer the other cheek. Very challenging words that our governments don't often embrace, that we would struggle to embrace. But I believe, and I know I've experienced in my own life, that the peace, the power of peace can help us persevere. If we can embrace peace, if we can find peace in the lives that we face. The shield of faith. The Romans would take the shields, they would be made of leather and they would dip them in water because they knew the archers would fire these arrows. And these arrows, when they hit the shields to protect them, the water would put these arrows out. And in a sense, linked to those lies and those truths, these can be the words that people have said over us that have taken root, that are burning, that are hurting. Many of you will know I used to run a community project with Al and John and Mark and uh, it was about self-esteem. It was about helping young people believe in themselves. It was about telling truth over them that God's got a plan for you. You're amazing. You can do incredible things. And this is one girl called Vicky, 13, who became a part of a team, a little bit like Kickstart and, and was helping out in the Kickstart team and uh, what we didn't know in the background that there was a lot of hate and a lot of words of pain that were being fired into her life until one day those arrows just overtook and perseverance took her backstage as she gave up and she went home and she went up to her bedroom and she took her dressing gown cord and with the children present I'll stop there and I remember the phone call I received from the mum saying Paul can you help can you help she's in hospital she's on a life support machine and we rushed and we sat by her bedside they switched off the machine and the family were just totally utterly desperate she'd had words said to her in a local environment and uh, they destroyed her. They'd been arrows that had been fired that she had no skills or, or nothing to protect herself from. I remember John and I, all, at the request of the family, asked us to run a party in her honour. So we hired out the local boys club and we had decks and we put together a PowerPoint and all the young people from the estate were there, it was crowded. And I'd already decided that was it. My job as a youth and community worker here was to raise the self-esteem of young people. And there's one of them who'd taken her own life. And I said, that's it, I can't do this, it's not working. I remember standing up on that stage and John was playing the music and the PowerPoint come on and I had a radio mic like this and I just felt it right to pray. Pray a kind of prayer of goodbye but a, a prayer of thank you for Vicky's life and for these young people. And I prayed my prayer and I took a risk and I said, anybody else want to say something? It's called a prayer, go for it if you want to. And I handed the radio mic out into the crowd. And young person after young person, tattooed, smoking, angry, tearful, just started to say sorry. Just started to say I miss you just start to say I wish some things hadn't happened and I saw this broken generation and we're talking 12 15 years ago I saw this broken generation that still needed people like us to go and be there for them and to pour out a love for them and to speak truths over them and to help them have shields to protect them from what life and their mobile phones and the, their parents as you just read on those prayers may choose to throw at them and so we are called to try and find a way of protecting ourselves but also to protect others from the words and the situations that can be thrown at us. And then there's the helmet of salvation, our penultimate one, our mind, the young people's mind. Persevere, we have young people who are receiving images on their phone accidentally or purposely that is messing up their mind. They don't ask for it, they don't want it, but they get it. Some then will follow it up and search for it and then find that the police are knocking on their door. What are we putting in place in our own lives to protect us from that particular piece of work in this world that might be getting us? Do you have good internet safety in your home? Are you aware of what young people are having to face and the challenges they face? 
Our mind is such a battleground. And the helmet of salvation is this kind of being one with Christ through Jesus. There's a purity there to start with, but there's an ongoing battle that will continue to take place. And then finally, the sword of the spirit. The kind of combination of prayer, combination of the Bible, and for me, combination of the world that we live in. Do we read our newspapers alongside our Bible? Are we praying, yes, for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, but for the situation of the refugees on the coastlines of France, desperate to get here because of the injustice and the pain that they're fleeing from? How do we understand? I, brought, uh, I teach a, a citizenship lesson and I brought newspapers for every single one of them. And you should have been, unbelievable. What? We're not reading the paper. And it was, it was the eye. It was just, you know, just a kind of summary of all the world's news. And it was, it was slowly as we looked and they found stories of life and pain and bullying and victimisation and domestic violence, stuff that they knew about, stuff that they're living with, that they realise, wow, others are going through this as well. I would encourage us as we wield our swords of prayer and of study of our Bible and of reading our papers or going on the BBC News app or there are other apps available, of course, to discover what's going on in this world, how can we attack what's going on? How can we speak out? about what is going on. I want to show you a film clip that we've used in assembly a few times that kind of summarises perseverance. It summarises, Anna, if you could switch the lights off, Anna. It summarises what happens when we need people alongside us. It summarises the fact that maybe there is a father in our lives that believes in us and that cares for us and wants to be there for us when we're hurting.
let's just take a moment to think about the journey that we're on, the pain that we're living with, the challenges that we face in work, in life, in choices, in family. Father God, we thank you that I believe and many of us have experienced that you are there for us in the highs and in the lows. We thank you for that imagery of a father breaking through security because he loved his son and he wanted to be there for his son in his agony. His, his dreams feel like they're destroyed. All that he's worked for seems like it's gone. And yet there he was, someone alongside him, helping finish in a race. Not winning, but winning. Help us, God, today with the challenges we face to have people alongside us who whisper words or shout words of praise and encouragement, who help guide us when maybe we're making choices that aren't going to help, that would be there for us. Thank you, God, that you are there for us, that you sent your son, Jesus. And we know that famous poem of footsteps in the sand where it just feels so lonely and it feels so nothing going on and all we can see is just one pair of footsteps in the sand and then you say ah oh, 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 that was my footsteps I'm carrying you right now what would you pick up and scoop people into your laps and into your arms who need that carry at this moment would your loving arms bring them strength just like as when I wrap my arms around promise having thought I'd lost her for good there she was sitting peacefully by the car waiting for me I wrapped my arms around her told her I loved her and off we got on the bike again help us Lord God in all the different places and challenges we face I ask in your name, Amen Yeah, Becca's asked me and I think it is appropriate at this time to share a Little Hampton Academy where I work and as chaplain and most of you are aware we came out of special measures which is great and it's been, yes it's wonderful we're requiring improvement <laughs> We require improvement. Isn't that wonderful to celebrate requiring improvement? As I said last week, we all require improvement, so that's okay. But there is a challenge that's happened as a result of those two years. Some have persevered through that. Others have gone. Sadly, over 200 children have left or not come. Each child that comes to Littlehampton Academy equals £4,000. You can do the maths. 200 plus children, £4,000. So we're in a difficult situation again where... This week and the week before, staff like myself and many in here were told about a wonderful word called uh, reconfiguring or restructuring. Uh, and, and it has to be done because there's a massive gap between what we get and what we've got. Uh, and so changes are coming to this academy that will affect people's lives. Uh, and some people aren't going to be employed in this place from September. And that's tragic and that is painful and it's hurting. There's a lot of pain in this place. And by coincidence, it's prayer week next week. And we might see staff coming in with post-it notes that are not just about Aston Villa. Uh, but about their livelihoods and their careers. So I ask you to stand with us in prayer, to speak good of where we are. We need to get more kids at this school. It's a blimmin' good school. My kids have come, are here, and go through it. We need more. We, we can cope with 1,900. We have 1,500. Um, so I'm not asking to have children now, because it will be too late by then. <laughs> 11 years later, here they all were. Uh, <laughs> But, but I am asking to put, be good, speak good about this place. Wow, we have a prayer week. Wow, we have a chaplain for who knows how long. Wow, you know, we've got an incredible building and, and now we're not in special measures. So please speak good of where we are. Please come and discover the good that's going on here. Uh, and please pray for us and particularly for our staff at this moment as they're hurting. Uh, because it feels like rejection. And we need some of that perseverance that we've looked at and talked about today. Thank you.
Brilliant. Thank you, Paul.